0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Somehow or other, over the last couple of decades, we've become a society that is completely enamored with the raffle. By which I mean taking some item of significant value like a car or a gun or an exotic vacation or a boat and raffling off tickets for a share of a chance to win that item and obviously then one lucky person gets the big ticket item and most of the money goes to support some cause typically a charity of some sort that's going to benefit because let's say it's a $50,000 sports car You probably got it donated by the dealership for promotional value for their cost of, say, $45,000. You sell 1,000 tickets at $100 a piece. The dealership gets PR. You get $55,000 for some charity. And then somebody gets a car. And even though most people, you know, 999 of them are going to get nothing for their 100 bucks, they still do it. Why? Because it's worth it for the chance. They think the money's going to charity. And also because, as we know, people aren't very good at doing math and probability. But enough of the personal critiques. In case you're wondering no i'm not much of a lottery or raffle consumer but we do this in 50 50s at minor league ball games and hockey matches we certainly have the massively successful state-run lottery system and my peculiar mathematical objections aside most people love this concept but what if the raffle rather than a fundraising mechanism for charity became a method of selling things especially high price items like say houses Well, you don't have to speculate or imagine it's a real thing, particularly in England. And it's become so popular that there are actually several different competing companies that will pitch you to get your business when you want to raffle off your house. The most recent story at Newsweek is about a couple living in Wigan, a large town in the northwest of England, and they're a blended family. You know, she came from a divorce, he came from a divorce. Together they had seven children. Oh, no, it was really close with four girls and three boys, but it wasn't quite. Instead... They just blended themselves together, they moved in, and they basically got rid of their first house, but now they're all crammed in a smaller house that still has emotional attachment for all of them. But no matter the emotional attachment, when seven kids become teenagers, four bedrooms is not going to cut the mustard. But living on one fairly modest salary, his, and she's starting a new business, the prospects of acquiring a new and obviously expensive house are pretty slim. That's when they started researching the idea of raffling their house. And now they're going through with it. In this particular case, and it's British, so you might have to do the conversion, but these days a pound and a dollar are roughly equal, so it's easier than it used to be. They are offering 300,000 tickets of £3.33 apiece, meaning that when you do the math, it's going to be a million pounds. Now, one note about this, the house is not worth a million pounds. The house is worth substantially less than that. I don't even have a figure, but it's a four-bedroom house in England. It's not selling for a million dollars. In other words, the winner of the raffle gets a, let's say, $400,000 home, and they sell their house with a $600,000 profit to upgrade. Way more than what they'd get for just straight-up selling their home. Now, they admit that it seems rather slim that they're going to get there. They've only sold about 10,000 tickets so far. But the website they're using to do this tells them that the majority of sales come in the last few days of the raffle. So what happens if they get to 300,000? Well, the website will take 10% of the sale, which would be 100 grand. But let's say they fall short of their goal of a million. Let's say they sell enough to get, you know, 400,000 pounds worth. In that case, the agency that's operating the raffle actually keeps 25% of the money, or 100000 And some lucky winner who would otherwise have won the house will get three quarters of the take, 300000 So even if you don't win a house out of your £3.33 investment, and most people will get zero, and the thrill of participating, but one person is going to make a small fortune out of the thing. But this is not the only couple doing this. I took a brief look around to see how common this is, and the answer is very common. One site lists homes for five pounds. Another site lists a million-dollar home for 10 pounds. And there's all different nuances in this, including things like spinning off money to charity, kind of combining that philanthropic impulse that people have. We're going to give 10% of the total proceeds or 20% of the total proceeds to the children's hospital or to the library system or to some educational institution. So they really are combining the desire to make money With a minimum threshold amount that if not reached, you then defer to this other system where you just win the total pot and a significant amount of the money goes to charity. So is this system sustainable? If everybody tried to sell their house this way, would it really work? Probably not. But the only way you'd find out what the limit is on people taking this approach would be to let people try it and find out what the market sustains, right? The one thing I can tell you from experience is that though I never buy raffle tickets, it always seems like people are having a raffle and it always seems like the tickets sell pretty well. Of course, there is one note worth making that is in the United States where lotteries are so popular under the official guise of funding education, whether it does or not is a matter of dispute. It's often been the case in history that when you try to compete in a crowded marketplace against the government, you do not win. So is it likely that governments are going to give up their place of prestige of operating education-oriented lotteries? Eh, Time will tell. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.